Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of One Vision. Joining me today is Venice Hayes, Chief Culture, Diversity and Inclusion Officer at Dell Technologies. I know it's going to be a fascinating conversation because this is a topic that is near and dear to my heart, and I'm sure the same with a lot of you who are listening in. So before we start, can you tell our audience a little bit about your journey at Dell and the work that you do as Chief Culture, Diversity and Inclusion Officer? Hello, hello. I'm happy to do that. I'm really happy to be here for this conversation today. Um, so to talk a little bit about my um, journey, I actually started my career in education. Um, I had aspired to become uh, the superintendent of a school district. Um, I had no prior kind of knowledge or interest uh, in the corporate space. Um, however, a chance conversation with a Dell leader led me to explore this possibility, um, even if it was only for a few years before um, going back to education. So with that in mind, I found myself at Dell. Um, I was hired uh, to drive learning and development. Uh, so again, with my teaching background, you know, this was a perfect fit. And um, it really just became something that, you know, 23 years later, I'm still here. So with most of my career in um, learning and development, I had to really become very proficient um, in many, many aspects of the business in order to have that kind of credibility and trust of the sales teams that I was hired to train. Um, success required me to be a constant learner. Um, it also required me to develop strong relationships across the business and um, to be open to opportunities and moves that maybe didn't make a whole lot of sense uh, to my peers or those around me. So I, I would regularly take on um, projects that few people wanted. Um, because for me, it was an opportunity to gain a new skill. And so I was always attracted uh, to those, you know, kind of obscure roles, if you will, over my time at Dell. Um, however, since becoming our chief culture diversity and inclusion officer, um, I have developed a greater appreciation for the true team effort that's required uh, to move lasting change. Um, I recognize that there's no one size fits all. I think everyone kind of looks for that one thing to help move a needle when it comes to culture, diversity and inclusion. Um, however, uh, what you know, I've learned over the past year and a half in this role is that it requires a lot of intentional effort um, day to day. It's not you know, something we can do once and feel like it's done. We've just got to continue doing those things. Um, and there's actually two key areas if um, I can kind of highlight the two things. One is making sure that we're really focused on inclusion, right? An inclusive culture um, is what it's all about rather than just the um, diversity aspect of it. So I think it's kind of a big I uh, and a big C for culture. Um, it's important to remember that this work isn't about just uh, certain people or a dimension of diversity. It's about the inclusion and belonging of all of our team members, of everyone's perspectives, um, because everyone wants to feel like they're valued and part of a team. Um, we all have our unique kind of qualities and experiences that shape us. And so 
whatever we can do to amplify those things we should do. And the second big thing is that this work needs to be just embedded in everything we do. Um, it can't be a check the box action or activity. It just simply has to be part of who we are. It has to be lived. It has to be integral to our culture. Um, at the end of the day, you know, culture is um, a critical component uh, to kind of sustained transformation and growth um, in this space. And leaders at all levels um, in the company have to really set that tone every single day um, for our team members. So for those of you who are not fortunate to be able to see my facial and body language, I was nodding my head nonstop because everything you said just resonates. And in a lot of ways, it almost feels like we should have known this. This should have been common sense. And yet, if we look back at the past 20, 30 years, I, I remember when I first started in telecom IT back in the 90s, it was very different. Um, we rarely talk about diversity. So I would say in a lot of ways, the workspace, the workplace has changed quite a bit. What do you think are some of the driving forces behind that change to even be able to, to have the, the platform to talk about something that is so important? Yep. I think you, you hit the nail on the head with just kind of the workforce changing things being different. Um, you know, I joined Dell in the late nineties and the culture back then was just very different. We were in the middle of a tech boom. Everything was kind of developing and scaling kind of fast, fast pace. Um, and then fast forward, the makeup of um, the workforce, um, as well as what the workforce is expecting from the company and how they work has changed. You know, people are seeking, you know, purpose in addition to a paycheck. They want to know that the company that they work for, you know, cares about the things they care about um, and that it's representative of the kind of communities that they live in. Um, and so these to me are those kind of driving forces to a lot of the change. Um, people are also looking at how work gets done. Um, it's very different uh, from what it was 20 years ago. Now people kind of work in a way that works best for them uh, and where they work best. And so we're really leaning into what it means to foster a sense of belonging in this hybrid environment. We're building out um, the tools and a culture that provide flexibility, choice, and opportunity for connections for all of our team members. Um, in our breakthrough study, 80% uh, responded that new ways of working is going to help promote inclusivity. And, and I think we're starting to see that when you look at how so many things have gone um, virtual and, and people are, are connecting in different ways. So we have a lot of work to do on all levels as we kind of navigate this new environment. We've got to examine our practices as it relates to our culture, to our leadership, our hiring, our development, just to name a few. Um, and our people are kind of a huge, huge driving force for that, right? We've got to make sure they, they feel like they can bring their whole selves to work. Um, this can help then with the innovation. Um, they also need to feel um, like they're not limited or pressured to fit a certain mold. Because if we do that, then they're not going to be as motivated. Um, and, you know, putting those 
limits on people then limits the value that they can bring to the organization. So I really love what we're seeing now in this focus on um, the whole person that is coming into work, not just the work that they're doing. Um, and at Dell, we're, we strive for everyone to feel comfortable, you know, being their best selves, their authentic selves, um, and doing their best work. Um, so we're trying our best to cultivate inclusion in everything that we do um, and creating that supportive, engaging culture um, for our team members. So really, really exciting, you know, uh, innovation is, is how we're going to get there. Inclusion is how um, we're going to help to drive innovation. I love how you frame the two together. It's, you know, what people respond to, what's important to them versus how you're going to get there to, to help them grow as well. But I do have a question because when we talk about diversity, right, we talk a lot about how it is important to employees. And we also talk a lot about how businesses are responding. But here's the catch. Are they responding because they are concerned and truly concerned about the people, their resources? Or is there a bottom line impact as well? Can we get into that a little bit? Oh my goodness, absolutely. Um, I, th I think both. There's a true um, understanding that uh, what the business is driving, or the or how they're driving the business, and how work gets done. There's a true understanding that um, DNI has a huge, huge, huge positive impact. Um, it can feel a bit intimidating and off-putting at some. Uh, points, uh, at least when people kind of start to understand DNI is not just about numbers, it's about people, it's about inclusion. Um, oftentimes, you know, we know that uh, people kind of put DNI in this little box of, oh, you're just trying to hire in a certain number of people so that you can look good, but it actually drives huge, huge impact for the business. We know that a diverse team with shared goals and openness to new approaches is better equipped to solve those complex problems that a company has and um, you know, be able to provide the uh, support and the needs of, uh, of our customers. Um, our team members, current and future, are determining if Dell Technologies is a place where um, you know, they really want to be and they really want to invest uh, their talents and what they bring to the table. Um, or they make a decision with their feet and say, you know what, this isn't what I thought it was, so I'm going to go somewhere else. So when you think about this work, not only is it imperative to the company, it's imperative to our people. They kind of come in and see if what they expect is what actually happens and if they want to stay there. Um, it's critical that, you know, top talent around the world see Dell as a place that doesn't just kind of allow you to bring yourself, but we actually want people to bring their authentic selves to work. We really uh, value that diversity um, of thought and experience. Um, and having a, uh, an inclusive and diverse workplace is really essential to our longer term strategy. Um, it's, you know, been more important, uh, you know, than right now. There's nothing more important right now, but it's not a trend. It's not a fad. 
It is something that we truly believe in and we have believed in for many, many, many years. I know some companies are just now starting in these past few years to pay attention, but it's something that um, we've always paid attention to. We've always seen uh, diversity and inclusion as being kind of business critical um, and directly impacting our ability to innovate and to drive revenue. Um, there's even you know, research that backs this up and showing that more diverse companies, those that foster um, inclusion, equity, and accessibility are more adaptive. They approach challenges from multiple perspectives. Uh, they readily anticipate their customers' needs and they're just more innovative than um, their less diverse counterparts. Um, and their bottom line shows it. I know there was a recent McKinsey study that found that companies with more ethnic and cultural diversity um, outperformed those with little diversity by 36% when looking at their profitability. Um, so creating an inclusive company, you know, it just it doesn't happen overnight. It requires planning, action, uh, both inside and outside of the company. There are so many nuggets that you just talked about, but I think you are the first person who told me that DNI is business critical. Normally, when we talk about diversity, we, yeah, we talk about it's important to business, but when we talk about business critical, especially with technology companies, we talk about um, infrastructure, we talk about everything else that people diversity of talent as business critical this is this is so important and we often say talent is everywhere and opportunities are not and that's something i strongly believe in and that's what drives a lot of my work and i want to ask you about diversity and leadership for example big companies small companies that seems to be something we often struggle as we go up the ladder so from your perspective what, how would you advise the leaders of today and tomorrow? How can we do better and be more intentional? Intention was one word that you used earlier and bringing more voices to the table. I would say it's exactly what you just said. Leaders need to be more intentional. They need to continue to hire and promote the best person for the job. Like I always start there. We're always hiring the best regardless of gender or race, um, but they also need to make sure they are trying to reach more people, expand their talent pools. We like to say kind of cast a wider net and consider and connect with talent that you may not have considered before. So again, it's intentional, it takes time, it takes effort, but it's something leaders absolutely need to do. Um, leaders also need to embrace um, remote and hybrid work and don't kind of limit ourselves to where we have physical offices. You know, it's easy to kind of find someone who is nearby, but leaders need to open their minds to someone that maybe is in a different uh, country or a different region or a different city or state. Um, there's lots and lots of great talent um, that are spread out everywhere. Um, and as part of that investment, we also need to um, make sure that we're looking to bring in talent at all levels of the company, right? Oftentimes it's easy to kind of 
recruit uh, talent uh, at the entry levels, but making sure that people can kind of continue to grow um, up in the organization. Uh, you, all, you often hear the adage, you know, we just can't find uh, talent. You know, you often hear that, especially in the tech industry. And so what we're asking is we're challenging our teams to kind of go beyond uh, typical places, partner with our talent attraction team to identify kind of where we can help develop this future talent pool. Again, attention, uh, effort, time, um, always kind of recruiting and seeking and looking for um, the best people. Also, we promote education and awareness on all things related to inclusion. So I think for leaders, it's important to have that conversation, um, to talk about inclusion, um, do what you can to kind of empower all of your people to rise to their full potential so that they can, you know, be their authentic selves and do their best work. I know I'd said that before. So it's kind of continuing that mantra with our leaders. Um, no matter you know who your people are, what they look like, where they're located, all those things, we've got to make sure um, we're considering all perspectives and everyone feels that they're able to contribute their absolute best. And that's you know that's good for business, right? It's um, you know the approach from the beginning, you know, not after the fact that we are constantly trying to um, attract, hire, develop, retain um, the best talent. Um, so that is the key when I think about what it is that our leaders should be doing. Um, they need to ask themselves, you know, do they have a, a diverse bench? Do they have a diverse pipeline? Um, are they tapping into as many um, people as they can? If not, you know, what is it that they can start to do differently? Um, making sure that they're developing relationships uh, in new and different ways. Um, but putting that plan in place, um, not only for who you currently have, but as you think about the kind of people and the kind of workforce that you need for the future. I can't agree more. And that is something we need to just keep pounding on and keep repeating, I think. You talked a little bit about allowing people to work wherever they are on um, hybrid work and remote work. And this is, this is a change, especially the last few years that that's becoming more important. And, and I want to add one more dimension too is generations. Now we have more teams working from anywhere and we also have more generations working alongside each other, all in different ways. If we bring back what you said earlier, inclusion, make that part of the work culture, how can companies best navigate all of these change together, dynamics and how we work and technology and all of that, and at the same time, making sure that employees can bring their whole selves to work and be satisfied and actually contribute fully to what they can. Yep, this is definitely kind of a different time when you look at um, the, the landscape of uh, team members that we now have. And I think in order to truly drive a sustainable change, um, it's making sure that all these people, you know, leaders need to be kind of empathetic um, and understanding all the different dynamics that everyone brings to the team. You truly need to understand the needs of your team, the challenges that they face, 
um, and, and treat people as individuals, right? We can't kind of go through and peanut butter spread our approach um, when it comes to making sure everyone feels included, especially as everyone's coming from different backgrounds. And so as a leader, it's understanding what makes sense for that individual um, and, you know, helping to remove any barriers that they might have to their success, enable them to take whatever it is that they're strongest, strongest at and letting that um, kind of grow and thrive. Um, you know, a truly inclusive culture is, you know, built and measured every single day by every single team member and leader kind of interaction. Um, and an intentionally and authentically inclusive culture would, will support kind of longer term um, diversity representation, ultimately retention. I always say to people, um, you know, we can have uh, as many diverse folks as you want coming into the company, but if when they get here, they don't experience that inclusion, they don't feel like they're being valued, no matter what their background, no matter the generation, um, you know, we, we they're going to leave. And so, again, as leaders, we always need to understand and adjust to the needs and challenges of each of the team members, um, you know, and showcase you know, how as a leader, they can kind of come through and, and make changes where needed. So any new change or, or transformation, um, you know, it needs to happen with the team members, not to them. So making sure that they feel part of that process, um, I think is, is absolutely critical. Being part of that process—that's something we often forget. What, what other actionable examples would you give um, to managers who are trying to navigate this space? Um, so I would say, like I said before, making sure that they are um, talking to their team, making sure they are um, kind of encouraging them. Use your voice, you know, encouraging them to be an ally, encouraging them to. Um, mentor where possible, um, and also encouraging them to kind of help sponsor and um, pull up uh, those, you know, kind of scalable talent that they see within their organization. So these are things that leaders can think about and do on a regular basis. Um, but again, like I said at the very beginning, it's intentional. It requires a shift in their mindset. Um, and moving away from things that maybe are easy, uh, but things that are, you know, kind of introspective and what can I do as a leader um, to make sure that each and every one of the people in my organization feel um, valued, supported, uh, and can be, them best, can be their best selves, which again, it unlocks their ability to innovate, which ultimately um, enables us to better serve our customers, which ultimately enables us to better drive the business. So let's switch gear a little bit. Now I want to touch on something that is equally important. So on skills gap. Now, one area is working internally, like you say, right, training your team and making sure that they are set up for success and growth. And the other aspect of it is working externally to help bridge the digital divide and, and foster digital inclusion, which I think is, is becoming even more important now than ever. So as an international company, I know Dell has dedicated social impact goals. 
for that. Can you tell us a little bit more about some of the partnership programs and what you guys are doing? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So as a former teacher, this is uh, really, really near and dear to my heart, both in building out internal skills, but also in figuring out how we reach uh, people externally, right? As we're thinking about the workforce that we that we need, we kind of have to help contribute to building out that workforce. Um, so these are really, really um, uh, important to us as a, as a as a company. So the digital di divide we know has had a disproportionate impact on underserved communities around the world. Those impacted, they kind of lack access uh, to you know those basic digital needs, whether it's devices, whether it's broadband, whether it's kind of um, digital literacy, um, and the critical skills that are needed for a digital economy. So this kind of puts them at risk of falling further behind. So as basic services in healthcare and education are digitized, um, inclusive technology has the potential to, you know, kind of serve um, more of our community. So to address the digital divide, we must ensure all people have equitable access to the benefits that technology has to offer. We have to go beyond device and internet access to ensure technology users have the confidence um, in using this technology, right? It's one thing to kind of give someone um, a device, but it's entirely different to help make sure that they feel comfortable um, using that to achieve uh, certain outcomes. We have to ensure that they have the skills uh, to navigate you know, the internet and consume the content in ways that are safe for them and that they can create and communicate with others. Um, they also need to be able to keep up with advances in technology and applications um, and must be ready for the rapidly transforming kind of uh, opportunities um, that come to them. So we are committed to ensuring everyone has equitable access to opportunities through technology. That's why Dell Technologies is committed to advancing digital inclusion in education and health for 1 billion individuals by 2030. Um, so through our flagship programs such as Get Digital Skills, Girls Who Game, Dell Student Tech Crew, and our solar community hubs, we aim to provide fundamental digital literacy, future in-demand technology skills, and curriculum to individuals in underrepresented communities in collaboration with our public, private, and nonprofit sector partners. Um, you know, a few that I, I'd love to highlight are ones that I mentioned just now. So Girls Who Game, um, this is an extracurricular kind of skill building program that was created by Dell Technologies with um, our partners, Microsoft and Intel. Um, it provides an opportunity for underserved students across North America to learn about science, technology, engineering, math, STEM, my favorite thing, um, but to do all these things through gaming. Uh, the players learn such skills as computational and critical thinking, communication, collaboration, creativity, problem solving and innovation. They're empowered to become leaders in STEM related fields. And the second one um, that I'd love to highlight is um, our student tech crew. This is essentially kind of a student-led help desk uh, for students at their schools. Um, this really helps them with their career readiness skills, 
Um, and, you know, while students need those skills, schools also need additional tech support. And so um, we help to deliver that solution through Student Tech Crew. It's a um, complimentary program for ages 13 to 18, and it empowers students to earn technical certifications so they can repair Dell hardware um, and manage a help desk to support their peers. So that's one that I really, really love seeing, just seeing students be able to take their skills, put them into practice and see kind of immediate um, positive impact of what they learn. Listening to you talking about the programs and, and the people that you reach, it warms my heart. Not just because I have kids, but also I came from a family of educators, um, both my parents, my aunts, everyone in one shape or form there teaching either kids or adults and so this is immensely important to be able to transfer our knowledge and, and do what we can to help the next generation so before we close i want to ask you something about the next generation i have a nine-year-old and she asked me quite a few times actually this year she said mommy why do we have a women history month and a Black History Month, and AAPI, and Pride Month. Why aren't we just celebrating all of these every day? Why are we only doing it once in a while? Now, listening to her, I would like to think that our future generations are much more empathetic and inclusive in their thinking. And in some ways, it gives me hope for a better future. So to wrap up, what about you? What, what gives you hope? And what you do. I love hearing the story. Um, I've got children as well and I feel like you do that um, I'm hopeful that um, you know our children today they you know they don't care about things that maybe people cared about or thought about in the past. They are very very open and accepting of all and I love that. So when I think about what I'm hopeful, um, I'm hopeful because you know I believe people have good intent. I choose to believe people have good intent and most want to do the right thing in the right way. Um, I believe that, you know, more people are open to being more inclusive um, and thoughtful now more than ever. Um, I believe, you know, folks kind of take the time to, you know, think about their words, to learn more about other people. I know I myself learn something new all the time um, and it really helps me understand people's perspectives and approaches, even in your story about talking to your child, I talked to mine as well to get their perspective on lots of things. And it's always so eye-opening, um, their take on things. And it really just encourages me to continue to, to grow and learn. Um, I'm also um, hopeful that, you know, about what our company is about and what we do to support everyone's journey. Um, I feel that this is not something we're doing just, you know, because it's the cool thing to do. I feel that it's something that's truly embedded from the most senior leadership all the way down. Um, and our commitment to being a workplace where our team members can be their best and do their best work every single day is genuine and true. And that just, it gives me hope. You know, I love being here every single day. Um, so the growth 
openness and empathy that I've seen inside our company um, and even across the industry um, and around the world gives me hope. I like that. And listening to you talk also gives me hope. Before I let you go, earlier in the show, you mentioned something about the breakthrough study. For our listeners who are curious to learn more about the, the study, where can they go? For anyone that's interested, they can go to dell.com forward slash breakthrough. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time today. It's an absolute pleasure and an honor to be able to talk to you. And uh, thank you so much for joining us on the show. And for the rest of our listeners, thank you for joining us for another episode of One Vision. We will talk to you all next week. <laughs>